0: Welcome back to the podcast. This is Casey. I'm Jill. We are two Gen Xers and a microphone. Jill, our guests are back. We have Sue and Scott with us tonight and I thought we could touch on a burning topic that we just keep seeing on the news. We keep seeing it with our friends and I think it's time that we tap into it. We
1: are all exhausted. Great time of the year to talk about this as well. Right? Yeah, we are coming up to the last couple months of the year. Mm -hmm. We've been pushing through. We just went through daylight savings time. And so, I holidays right around the corner. So, we're pushing it. Right. We're pushing ourselves. Days are shorter, meaning there's less light.
0: And our bodies want to actually start to hibernate. Mm -hmm. We want to go inside. We want to not be social. And we've had nearly two years of social isolation of physical distancing and some of us just aren't okay and we need to be okay with that and get to a place where we're talking about it and getting better well scoop skew let, let me try that again scoot 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 Sue and Scott, how are you
2: feeling we can relate yeah <laughs> we can relate it's hard to get motivated it's there's And it's showing up in different ways. I know just in in our household, we're each experiencing that differently. Mm -hmm. There's the physical exhaustion. There's the emotional exhaustion. There's just the meh of it all. Sure.
0: And I think as a society, we're seeing that we do not have time and patience for people. And so then I think, again, that just makes us want to retreat. And instead of addressing what the issues are, we're just like, meh, I'm done. I'm I'm not, I'm not just not doing it. I'm not going to be a part of what everyone else is doing. I don't want to be social. And so we do, we, we literally retreat inside and now is probably the worst time to be doing that because again, of what we've been going through, what we've been living through day in, day out with out a lot of contact with people, with Being so tied to electronics once again, it's just it's making it really hard to be nice, to be compassionate, to be empathetic. All all of those things were because we don't have the capacity to do so.
1: Yeah, and I think that when we feel that way, it takes a lot of discipline to actually do the opposite. Mm -hmm. It's like going to the gym. Right. Not many people are doing raw raw. I get to go to the gym at 5:45 a.m. Right? Not many people are. But the payoff at the end, you feel so good. Mm-hmm. So if you think about, yeah, I just want to hibernate and I want to go in that hole. Everybody is driving me crazy, and you say no. Let me surround myself with people. That are giving me some good energy this time of the year. I'm aware that I'm a, I want to go into a hole and be a bear. But you know what? I'm going to make myself go out and play euchre with my friends. Sure. You know, I think there's a lot of self-discipline and push that you can do mm-hmm. instead of saying, I'm going to check out. Right.
0: I think one of those first things is we absolutely have to admit it. And I think that's difficult, especially if you don't have that support system. So you two were sharing with us that you have now a new rule, if you will, a new house rule. You want to share what that is that helps you two check in with each other? Yeah, I
2: had a um, friend share, this is months ago, we talked about uh, creating fine free zones. And how you doing is, uh, in our family at least... That's not a greeting. That is an actual question. I'm, I want to know how you're doing. Mm-hmm. And fine is not an emotion. Right.
0: It is so not. So you are not allowed to use fine, fine as an answer.
2: answer. And uh, mm-hmm. so we don't allow each other to get away with saying fine and keep on walking. And we're getting better at not allowing our friends to answer with using that same uh, word. Because it's, it didn't, it's not an emotion. It doesn't tell me how you're doing. Like and maybe a better way to ask the question is, how are you feeling? Because sure. it's, a, it's a, then now fine is definitely not an answer, mm-hmm. right? Because that doesn't tell me exactly what you're feeling, which is what I want to know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think with, um, and we're all, to your point earlier, we've been in this shit storm for two years now, and I think we're all exhausted So we're all feeling something, Mm -hmm. and it's probably some flavor of exhaustion, fatigue, uh, exasperation, uh, frustration, all of it. We're all feeling something on that continuum or some flavor of exhaustion. So I think it's important for us to ask that question, how are you feeling, and then want to know the answer.
0: And how you can be a part of someone's solution. Right, So if their go-to response is fine, how do you dig in? How do you connect with them differently? How do you ask that question Mm -hmm. in a different way so that you can get a different answer to know, okay, do do I need to do a better job of checking in with my friends? If I'm feeling this, if I'm feeling disconnected, it's possible that those around me are too, but we don't yet know what to do. We're not Mm -hmm. talking about it, and we don't know... How can we pull each other out of it because we're not really having those conversations? We don't have the capacity, right? We're just tired. (laughs) We just want to go to bed or, you know, just curl up, especially on these nights where it's getting so chilly. We just want to curl up with a blanket. (laughs) And we're filling our minds with we're binge watching TV, right? So we're not leaving the couch or maybe we're reading a good book. We might not be doing things that are detrimental on the surface but they might actually be detrimental to our mental Mm well-being and that can be super hard to tell if you're not having the conversation about how you're feeling
1: yeah the self the isolation Mm -hmm. and you know that's where this time of the year i think it's really important to be social and to check up on each other and say what's something new and creative that you learned this week Right. And spark a conversation there. And I just had this last night with a book club friend. Nice. She came over and um, she wanted to talk to fusers. So I'm like, come on over. (laughs) So um, it was great. And we just were catching up. And, you know, she was sharing what was going on, you know, in her household. Somehow we got on the topic of this Japanese art That is about taking a ceramic bowl, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: crushing it, because that's what happens in life. You get crushed. But what happens is you bring this bowl back together, and it's with a golden type of paint. And so you create something that's different, but much more beautiful. Hmm. When you put this back Hmm. together, and... It's just phenomenal because the therapy behind it, when you think about it, is you do get crushed. Mm-hmm. But gosh, what if I put this back together mm-hmm. with this golden paint and it looks beautiful? Right. So I was talking to Heather about that. And I said, Heather, look at this. And it's funny because I got it from my other friend, Heather. That <laughs> that. Just made that connection. <laughs> but and, and she said, I love that. And I said, okay, you know what? I said, when we turn... 2022 January February we're going to get together we're going to do this that's neat awesome. I said I don't know how to do it mm-hmm. we'll go to Goodwill we'll get some <laughs> sure course, we'll bust them up <laughs> and then put them back together. Yeah, yeah you know but it was just that thing of let's share okay what's going on mm-hmm. in your life what's going on in my life and you forget Cause it'd been a while since I talked to her. How much I like Heather. Mm-hmm. That's neat, <laughs> you know. And to reconnect, right? And say, okay, let's put that on the calendar. We're gonna do that when we get through the holidays. Mm-hmm. And we don't know what we're doing, but we're gonna do it,
2: right? Yeah, I love that the whole metaphor of that is because mm-hmm. we are just we're all just broken people yeah. doing broken things, right? Right. And the thought of, um, and I'm sure it's in a Springsteen song somewhere, but, mm-hmm. it is, but it's the idea of, um, you know. Collecting all of our broken pieces Mm -hmm. and finding somebody else whose broken pieces fit with mine, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. I think is just elemental to us getting through this season. I love your comment about checking in with folks. And I think one of the things I'm most nervous about right now is uh, checking, you know, you hear a lot of people talk about checking, checking on your strong friends. And I don't know how often that happens. Right. I had an opportunity last week to do a a wellness session for a nonprofit over in Oxford, Ohio. And we were doing a check-in with each other, uh, with the staff that was in the room, the team that was in the room. And I was like, okay, so one of the things I want to remind you, please make sure. Uh, I can't imagine what it's like to be an educator right now. I can't imagine what it's like to be a pastor or a health care provider right now. Uh, Because those are the people that generally are the caregivers Mm -hmm. and that are always loving on people. And are we checking in on those people? Our leaders, uh, are they the ones that are always checking in on us, caring for us, leading us, uh, trying to strengthen us and speak into us? Who's speaking into them? Right. Uh, So, I mean, I think about you, somebody who's a a non-profit exec. uh, And, you know, I think about our pastor. I think about the the leaders that I spoke with last week. I'm like, man, are we checking in on those folks often enough? And and what made me kind of get off on a tangent was I had two of those leaders come up to me after uh, the session last week. And they were like, just want to let you know how much we appreciate that because we don't have people check Mm -hmm. on us. So even our... Our friends, it's really important that we check in on them, but it's those people that we typically lean on for strength. Boy, we really need to be checking in on them right now.
0: I absolutely agree. I think that when you are relied upon as that strong person, as a decision maker, as the go-to person for someone else's care and concern, you don't feel like you can share with other people Mm -hmm. when you need that help or when you need to lean in and and get from other people because you are so relied upon and you don't want to not fill that role because you know it's needed. But, I mean, it is very true. You absolutely cannot fill other people if you aren't full. Right. And so you have to find those ways to, okay, how do I make sure that I do have the support that is around me you know, having people n- know when I'm needing them the most, and it that's really hard. It's really hard to admit that sometimes, but it is crucial to have those relationships lined up so that you can not just be relied upon, but also rely on the people that mm-hmm. will bring you back to that place of strength that you know that you know you're needed to be in. Yeah. Well, oftentimes so,
2: we we just assume because you're smiling, you're leading, you're serving, you're speaking into other people, that you're okay. Right. And that might not necessarily be the case. One of the other things that, uh, and Brooke Lawson, who's a friend of ours, who's the uh, Director of Mental Health Services for Hamilton Southeastern Schools, uh, shared in a presentation uh, this idea of surge capacity. And this is basically, it's uh, it's a collection of adaptive systems, both mental and physical, that That we have inside um, that are built to help us manage through a short-term crisis. Well, we've been on a 24-month short-term crisis. Right. And uh, so I think that's... uh, So our surge capacity is depleted Mm -hmm. at this point. So uh, when we talk about checking in with our friends or checking in with our leaders and caregivers, I don't know that there's ever been a more... uh, Necessary, needed. Um, uh, I mean, it's absolutely critical that we're checking in on folks right now. Mm-hmm. So,
0: I do love the opportunity that comes from when we are broken to put our pieces back together differently. And I know that it has been people around me that I have been able to say, okay, today is a day where I need everyone, all hands on deck, mm-hmm. right? I need for... There to be someone who's bringing me a cookie or a crumble cookie or calling me or sending me a text message or just wanting to hang out with me, right? Like there's that vulnerability of the need. And I think so often we push that aside because we don't want to show that. And man, if we could get back to being compassionate. I loved, Sue, earlier in our evening, you said that compassion is the action. And that is so true, right? Like, we we might be able to empathize. We might even be able to sympathize with other people. But if we could move into a level of compassion with Mm -hmm. people and start taking actions with them... I really do think that maybe we would get out of this surge capacity, right? Our capacity for giving to each other might grow, and we might come out of this fatigue a little bit easier, and the exhaustion might kind of wear away Mm -hmm. if we
1: can find that compassion within ourselves and each other. Well, just listening to Scott talk about the strong leaders, and then Sue with the compassion as an action, something that I'm going to do is write a note or letter to these strong people Mm -hmm. in my life. Mm -hmm. Just a quick note that Mm -hmm. they can get in the mail. They can put their hands on it. I love that. That's a great idea. Because there's something about being able to hold it, see it, read it, Reference it for later. Pull it back out of the drawer. Mm-hmm. That has a lot of power to it, for sure. And you love sending those personalized. <laughs> I notes, do, and I love mail? getting mail. I too do. That's right. <laughs> that's <laughs> right. It's it's the right. lost art of yeah. write. It is, and, and, it, and it, right. because yeah. it takes time, mm-hmm. right? And it, it really, does. to me, it shows. You know what? I care. I love you. And I want you to know, right? Yeah, I agree. appreciate this, and you have an impact in my life, mm-hmm. and this is how it is. It's great.
2: It takes time, but it's not. But it doesn't take five hours, right? No. right? It's, it's a great reminder. Like even, it just feels gosh, good. just yeah. even receiving a text from somebody just just wanted to check on you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I Got mean, you on my mind. We're mm-hmm. we're not talking about. It. We don't have to take somebody out to dinner. No. At, <laughs> St. Elmo's or pick your favorite restaurant, whatever, uh, it doesn't take much to be a day maker and a game changer and potentially even a lifesaver. Those little touches land at the right time for the right person, um, quite literally can, change, can save a life. I mean, right. we have heard stories where somebody uh, had a friend once upon a time, she was in a really dark place and... Um, was having some suicidal thoughts, but she received the text that she needed to receive, in mm-hmm. just the right time, and it got her. It completely re-ch- rechanneled her energy and provided a little bit of hope and a little bit of a light that she needed to get through the next hour, sure. and the next hour, and the next hour. So it doesn't take a letter; is all it takes a, a, a quick <laughs> a little, card. Yeah, that's that can change somebody's life. Right. So.
0: Scott, what other tips did you give your pals over in Oxford with how to come out of this together? Oh, man. sharing? No, I don't
2: mind at all. Uh, You know, we talked about, um, one of the things we talked about was Brene Brown's FFTs, Mm -hmm. which I think everybody at the table uh, knows what an FFT is, but for those of your listeners that don't, this is a... This is a PG thirteen crowd. Or, you, you can. Okay, it's a effing free first time. So, how's that? <laughs> and, uh, but uh, you know, so we're all going through a first time right now, mm-hmm. right? And it's right. like for twenty four months or so, we've been going through a first time. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so one of the things that she talks about doing is, is normalizing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we this is supposed to feel different. We right. are supposed to be anxious. We are supposed to be a little stressed out. We've not done this before, and anytime you're going through something, especially. Whether it be a minor, or a very small first time, or something like we've all been experiencing, there's going to be some emotions that come along with that, some, some stress and some things, some anxiety, and so normalize it. It's supposed to feel different. Now, one of the other things she talks about doing is putting it in perspective, and you know this this feeling is new, but it's not permanent. Mm-hmm. So. A little perspective to help us get through moments like this is really important. And then she talks about doing a reality check of your expectations. You know, it's a the lift for a first time. Even if you think it's a simple first time in your world, it's always heavier than you think it's going to be. Right. So having that kind of reality checking your expectations. Uh, no, this is going to be a little bit more difficult than I thought it was going to be. Those are some of the things that she talks about in terms of uh, dealing with a first, uh, with a first time. And then uh, she talks about one of the other things that Brooke actually shared with us was uh, one of the essentials for building resilience, which is critical to getting through this kind of season, is uh, that sense of belonging. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you both talked about connecting with your friends, and I think it's just critical right now that we uh, that we continue those connections, we grow those connections, and we. Surround ourselves with people who are nourishing. Uh, that you know the, that are nourish our relationships that are nourishing, that are uh, spiritually nourishing, that are uh, that somehow speak into us in a way that um, others can't. Uh, you, know, right. we, you know, like we don't. We've got enough negativity in our world. We so do. let's. Let, if, <laughs> if somebody's sucking from you, they're constantly in consumer mode. Those are not the people we need in our life right now.
0: Right. I think. When we tap into other people, that change of perspective can be just exactly what's Mm. needed to change the course of your day, to provide a little positivity, to get you to that next obstacle. Because I think about a friend of mine who often comes to me with those first times, then, you know, oh, I've never been through this. Right. You literally do not have the pathway yeah. in your head to deal with this. It's okay that you have anxiety around it. It's okay that you are confused or that mm-hmm. you have doubt because you have never gone through this. So I love this. Let's set different expectations. Let's share with each other how we could go about getting through what we're dealing with. And again, I think that when we are compassionate, we can draw upon actual actions, right? We're not Mm -hmm. trying to... Tell each other it's okay because we're sharing feelings, but we're actually saying, I can help you by doing this with you, doing this for you. I can be there. Jill, I know you had some thoughts on actions to take too. Do you want to share any?
1: Yes, and I picked these up from Darren Daly that I've listened to every morning. He's one of your like favorites. Yeah. Yes. Um, so he had five ways to thrive. So first, leverage your strengths. These are your unique gifts, abilities, things you just do easily and joyfully. Um, Number two, identify what exhilarates you. What's your obsession? What do people ask you help with? Number three, be willing to take a step back, learn, study, be patient, flexible, teachable, find a mentor. Uh, Number four, be wary of naysayers. And that's where Scott said, clean up Mm -hmm. your environment. That's right. away of those negative Nancys and negative neds number five build a support team mm-hmm. and then just know that you continue to reinvent yourself into the person you were always meant to be
0: right and so it's okay that we haven't gone through a pandemic it's okay that we are tired, we are exhausted, we are compassionately fatigued. But what isn't okay is that we're not taking steps to figure out what mm-hmm. it is that we can do differently because we do all have unique abilities and attributes that nobody else has. We are uniquely us, and so why not have people draw that out of us? I love having a support team because I also know my, my group will let me be alone and have my me time. And then when they're like, oh, that might be too much, they're going to draw me mm-hmm. out, right? They're going to invite me to come and be social if they haven't seen me or heard from me. They're going to draw that out. I love that. And I think, too, life doesn't turn out the way that we have it linearly planned, It turns out exactly as it's supposed to. And
1: with that, we just need to be open to the possibilities that life will bring us. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I just read this today. The goal of life. Happiness is not the goal of life. Happiness is a byproduct of living out your purpose. Nice. So that's where the compassion, the action... Living out your purpose. Mm -hmm. I think when
0: we're intentional, when we understand what we're doing, where we're headed, where we're going, we can also bring a lot of people with us and hopefully fill in with their passion and their purpose as well. Absolutely.
1: With that, we're going to leave you on a high note with hope. Bye-bye. If your life didn't turn out how you thought it would, you are in the right place. If you are confident that life turned out exactly as it was supposed to, then tell us what you'd like to discuss and why. You can reach us at 2 Gen Xers and a mic. That is the number 2 G-E-N-X-E-R-S-A-N-D-A-M-I-C at gmail.com.